This is the Reverend Jeremy Means Koss, and you're listening to an Episcopal Constellation in the Shires of Vermont. Good morning, and welcome to Casting Our Net Sunday. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. Sometimes the stuff that Jesus says just kind of cuts you into the core. Like sometimes the stuff he, sell, he says feels super otherworldly and complicated, like when he says, I am the way and the truth and the life, or when he told the Samaritan woman, I am living water. Moments like those are like super complicated because it's, it's allegory and it's ethereal and it's, you know, momentous and it's, and it's, okay, I need like a giant Bible study to unpack. But then you get phrases like this in verse 12. All who exalt themselves, i.e. all who lift themselves up, will be humbled. Meaning they'll have the wind taken out of their sails, you know, brought low. And those who keep themselves humble, those who have a servant's outlook, those people will be lifted up. And you think to yourself, well, I don't know if I have to preach that. That feels kind of obvious, right? Like, that feels like Jesus said it, so just take it and run with it. Except, except that we should remember that Jesus preached on it multiple times. He says this same lesson a couple of different ways, so he really wants it to, like, drill down about how important it is. First, he does it through his actions. He makes his cousin John, John the Baptist, baptize him. Then in the Sermon on the Mount, in chapter 5, Jesus says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Chapter 18, he says, Jesus, he says, humble yourself like a child. And then here in chapter 23, verse 12, um, he says it. And then he says it when he says, love your neighbor as yourself. There are these multiple times where he is reiterating this point. It is clearly not so obvious that he only needs to say it once. <laughs> He has to say it over and over again. Why? I mean, he kind of says exactly why, actually, here in this story. The Pharisees are all talk and no walk. They want you to act a certain way, but all they care about is looking good. For something so simple, something that seems easy to follow, the simple practice of humbling yourself, keeping oneself humble and lowly and not raising oneself up is actually really, really hard. When I was in college, there was this huge anti-participation award movement where um, basically millennials, we were still young and we were this up and coming generation and everyone kept saying how entitled and privileged we were that, um, and they were trying to talk about why we all felt so privileged and so entitled and why they were like guessing why we felt that way. And they basically said it's because, oh, we all got a participation award. Everybody got a trophy for doing nothing. There was this reverse backlash celebration that you shouldn't actually be celebrated for being part of the group. That like what you should be valuing was you should be valuing the people who were the overachievers, the ones who won, the ones who did the best. 
And so fast forwarding all these years later and reading scripture and praying and listening to God about keeping ourselves humble, I actually wonder if that mindset, that backlash, wasn't deeply problematic because it feeds this idea that we shouldn't celebrate generality, that we shouldn't celebrate just being part of the group. It feeds this narcissism that you have to be out in front, that you have to be this thing that is more celebrated than everybody else. It's funny, one of my mentors the other day asked me if I was comfortable with being a mediocre priest. And I wanted to be like, no, I have to be amazing. I have to be the best priest St. James has ever had. I have to be the best priest that every single one of you have ever had. Like, I want all of you to be like, Jerry was the best. And she's like, you're going to burn yourself out. (laughs) And she said, Jesus loves a paradox. Jesus loves the paradox. Because it's in the paradox that Jesus takes us from being average, from being everyday people, and pours into us those things which I mentioned earlier that make no sense. The living water, the way, the truth, and the life. But in order to be willing to receive that pouring in, we have to make space for Jesus. We have to be willing to not put so much pressure on ourselves to be the best, to be the mightiest, to be the most excellent that we end up cracking under the pressure. I remember when I was a kid, and maybe you have heard this aphorism that pressure turns coal into a diamond. As a follower of Jesus and an adult liver in this real world, I see pressure making things explode, not turning things into diamonds. Makes me beg this question. Aren't you tired of feeling the pressure yet? The pressure to be perfect? The pressure to have all the answers? The pressure to make the most money, be the best parent, have the answers? Are you tired of trying really hard and being afraid to fail? And all of that pressure, that's self-imposed because we have decided to believe over and over again, contrary to what Jesus kept trying to preach to us, that success and acclaim means everything. I love that time after time, Jesus kept trying to remind the Jewish people, his disciples, and anyone that listen, that success is not a measure of godliness. Success is not a measure of godliness. If that were the case, Jesus wouldn't have died on a cross. He would have snapped his fingers and laid out the Roman army. But that's not he was trying. That's not what he is trying to preach to us. Humility and lowliness, that is not failure. Success and failure are human words and terms and falsehoods. The need to be right isn't a godly thing. The need to be right is sadistic and narcissistic tendencies of us humans just as another way to elevate our self-importance. Look how great I am because I'm right. People should just listen to me because I have all the knowledge. 
What if I told you that being right, that having the answers, that all of that accomplishment in life had nothing to do with how much God loves you and wants the best for you? What if I told you that your belovedness your beauty as a human child of God, that all the things that matter in this universe, not in the community, not in the country, but in the universe, weren't prededicated, weren't dependent on your ability to be right or your ability to accomplish anything. In the story of Abraham and Eve, God loved them before they ate the apple. They didn't do anything to earn his love and affection. They just existed When Jesus said, be humble like children, do you love your kids and your grandkids because of what they did? No. All they did was be born, and you felt an affection for them that has no limits and no understanding. When are we going to finally listen to Jesus and accept that we are loved for exactly who we are? You don't need to be right. You don't need to have perfect grades or attendance or investments. You don't need to get the right gift or have fancy titles. It doesn't matter who you were or are or will be when you walk out of those doors in here with all of us and to God. You are absolutely perfect and beloved just the way you are. So may we all be humbled. May we all be put down under the pressures of needing to be right and needing to be perfect and needing to achieve and just instead receive. Receive how beautiful and how wonderful God believes you already are. Amen. Thank you for listening to an Episcopal Constellation. We hope you enjoyed what you heard, and if so, please give us five stars on your local podcast provider.